Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharp Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back to, to Mentoring, Mentoring for the, the Modern, Modern Musician. Musician. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm Well, I'm very excited. Very excited? I'm, I'm very excited. incredibly well. excited about this interview that we're about to bring to you. Very excited. Our our guest today is Lindsay, Lindsay Rush. Rush. It sounds like a fake name. It does. Like, but it's, stage, it's not. It's a real name. No. Lindsay it's, Rush. It's a real name. She's a real person. Yep. Uh, she is. A real amazing person a real in the industry. Person. She is uh, a songwriter. Television producer. Television producer. A, uh, a career coach. Yep. All and, around good human. <laughs> She uh, does talent production for America's Got Talent and, and American, American Idol. Idol. Um, and we just have this amazing, we just got to have an amazing conversation with her about yeah. the industry and where she came from. And Well, from the beginning, and I, we're not going to give away too much of it because it's, it's a phenomenal interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just want you to buckle in and, and, and love it. As always, when you get done, if you have questions, yes. comments, you want to yes. correct us on something, exactly. please reach out to us. How to do that will be in the show notes. You can always just get to us and say, hey, what's going on? Exactly. But um, very excited you guys are listening. Ugh. And grab yourself, as always, grab yourself somewhere comfortable to sit or go work out. Beverage or enjoy the, beverage. Uh, the particular cardio machine that you are on. <laughs> Whatever you're doing. And uh, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Lindsay, Lindsay Rush. Rush. So thank you so much for being on, on the podcast with us, Lindsay. We're... Thank you. I'm sorry it took so long. Oh, oh no. Not you know, at all. We're, we are... Beyond excited to talk to you. You have a busy uh, life and career, and that's uh, that's a good thing. So we support yeah, you in that fully. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So why, so. Don't, we, why don't we start with um, like like let's bring us back to the beginning. When when did you know music was your thing? Well, I was singing before I could talk. I was humming melodies back to my parents. Yeah. you know exactly. Before I could talk, and I have that on video, so I know a lot oh, of people say that. Wow, that. a lot of people say that, but you have the proof. <laughs> the the proof is in the VCR, I guess, exactly. whatever that is. Exactly. That's great. And then I started writing songs when I was seven. My first song was, um, well, so I grew up in a really musical family, so this wasn't like a, a shocker. It right. just it actually, actually, I should side note and say this is just kind of funny um like my my parents are both musicians and my sister is younger than me but she's i mean and she's a musician and just i mean even i don't know you know uh steven edie or uh, steve yeah. Oh, yeah. Gormet, sure. yeah yeah they're they're my grandmother's first cousins oh so, man okay so yeah. totally so in your family. it kind of was it was like inevitable. Like if I if I had gone to sports or something, I think right. I would have been put up for adoption. They wouldn't have known what to do with me. <laughs> right, uh, right. He would have yeah. like loved loved me anyway. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. But so I started writing songs when I was seven, and I the song was very literal. It was it was called "Do You Want to Take a?" It was called "Wild Side" was the title. But oh, yes. like yes, but it was literally about walking around the jungle and making friends with the um the elephants and the lions and everything that's, so very very literal that's very genius, type of me. that's genius i love <laughs> well, that no innuendo no alliteration no 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 no, right. no it was do you want to take a walk on the wild side and then it went oh yes oh baby baby <laughs> <laughs> and then my cousin my older cousin was coming over that day and she, we were very close when we were little and she was coming over that day. So, so I should also say that I always had a recording studio in the basement of my house, no matter where we lived. My dad always had a full on recording studio set up. So wow, this beautiful. was nothing. If I wrote a song then we'd record it, or if I was singing a certain song that at that point mm -hmm. in time, we'd just go down and record it. So yeah. I've been wearing cans, you know, since like, um, like before they fit, honestly. Before they oh my fit, God, really. I love that. So that day my cousin was coming over. So I was like, oh no, dad, I have to write in a part for Heather. So, um, very 80s <laughs> name. <I know>. That's <laughs> so awesome. So very early 90s. So I wrote in a part for her. So it went, do you want to take a walk on the wild side? And you guys have to do the oh yeah, so baby. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry. Do you want to take a walk on the wild side? Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, oh baby. baby. That was really good. Wow. Oh, there you go. I wish That's I had known then. And then I said the part, so then really quickly, I was like, oh, crap. But I didn't say that 
that I was seven. Um, I was like, you know, I really have to get a part in for my cousin or she'll be bored. And so I wrote for her, do you want to see the elephants and be my friend? And then I went, oh, yes. Oh, baby, baby. That was kind of, you know, I don't know if you call that. You had a double baby at that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, baby, baby. Oh, baby, baby. Yeah. You know, it's that year-old i don't know it's so weird I, but yeah sounds like a disney hit to me you know it, it's that's what was going on when i was <laughs> seven and then when i was 11 i decided that i wanted to I, like sitting in art class one day when i was 11 years old i was drawing a picture of a sneaker this is like this is called the sneaker story is how i refer to this because like oh, everybody God. in my work life knows this story all right all right I'm ready. so I know this is probably a lot more information than you were wanting. I love or it. Expecting. Are you kidding me? This is exactly what it's we want. Are you kidding? Yes. So, here we go. Insider. Um, so I was drawing a sneaker. We were working on pointillism that day. And there was no reason for me to be bored or distracted because I love to draw always. Mm-hmm. So drawing a sneaker, working on pointillism, and all of a sudden, like, I have, like, um, like a vision, like a flash of vision. And I realized, I was like, oh, my God, one day I'm going to – discover new music, new artists. I'm going to put together a girl group and I'm going to, I'm going to help them find their songs. I'm going to write their songs for them. I'm going to tell them what to wear. I'm going to, it's going to be all my thing and I'm going to do this. And then I just went back to drawing the sneaker. And um, then years later, I ended up doing exactly that. I just didn't, at the time I was 11 and I didn't know that those things had names or that they were actually jobs. I knew I would do them. And now that's, that's all I do all day. <laughs> That's amazing. That amazing. So you had your musical career epiphany when you were 11 years old. Yeah, drawn sneaker. I have that picture somewhere. I Probably was going to say, really what, so what kind of sneaker was it? Is it like a Chuck? Or, oh, it was, a, it was a Nike. We were all drawing Nike. our own shoes. It was a Nike sneaker running shoe. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, and it was very clean because, like I said, I didn't do sports of any kind. <laughs> that's amazing. That's just amazing. I love that you use that story to describe that you're. That is exactly what you're doing. Um, the sneaker story. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the sneaker story is a perfect way to describe it. And I'm so I want to. I do want to ask if you're still because I know that you performed. That that was part of what you did. But yeah. I, so I'm curious about how you do. You still perform at all? And did how did you back into or go forward into what ended up being your career? Yeah. Okay. So. At 11, I knew I wanted to do this, and I had already been writing songs, not, like, constantly, but I did it a lot. Like, it mm-hmm. was, and it was always more than encouraged. I was never pushed or forced, and I know that's a very, like, stage kid thing to say about your yeah, parents. Right, but, yeah. You know, to protect them, but that's true. Like, I, my, I was really shy, actually, when I was little, and so songwriting, I guess, was, you know, and singing in, in a studio was much more comfortable to me sure. than being on stage or the camera um and you know i would perform for you know family and friends but not really because once my sister came along a couple of years later i was totally off the hook because she was she was born and she was like and i am here hello world here i am <laughs> i've arrived she basically like was born bet midler and then like evolved <laughs> so oh, imagine that that's awesome yeah so that took me off the hook i was really like I was, I could, I could go off and do what I wanted. And, you know, as long as it wasn't illegal, I mean, right. you know, I was good. <laughs> and, you know, luckily I, I didn't get into any illegal stuff when I was like, you know, five. So, um, nothing that you're willing to admit to here, at least nothing yes. that I can discuss. Um, exactly. yeah, I can't give the details on that right now, but <laughs> you were a minor and I'm hoping that the, the records are sealed anyway. Right. So we're not exactly. going to discuss that. Yeah. You know, please. Uh, um, this is off the record. You guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> I mean, just on the podcast, but other than that, yeah, no one's going to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was performing because, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in music and I knew ultimately where I wanted to go, which was to write for other people and to work on the business side, but right. developing artists. And I still, at, you know, I still was very young and didn't know every title of every right, job. And, meant, you know, and now the jobs, there's so many jobs like that don't technically exist, but yeah, you can, but right. it, there's a need for them. And then, you know, that's how they become. So, um, so there's a lot, there's been a lot of that in my life too, but I was performing because I thought, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like a whole thought process really, but I guess in the back of my mind, I figured, well, if I want a career in music, I have to start by being an artist because 
basically that was the job in music that you could see. You see people on magazine right. covers, you see them on TV, you hear them right. on the radio. Those are the faces and voices of the music industry. But, you, but when you are 11, you don't know. 13, you don't know <laughs> how many people are behind that and, and, and how, what their jobs are and how what a big machine it takes just to put out one song that will hopefully get played. Yeah, you know? Yeah. No, and exactly. So, and then so I started to perform and I started doing gigs when I was like, um, I'm trying to think. I was thir- I 13 or 14, I started to play like little gigs. Like my dad would sneak me into bars, not really sneak. I, I grew up in a really small town. It was like kind <laughs> of like, yeah, gigs. whatever, come on in. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I my dad was always with me, so it was fine. And, yeah. um, I was like open mics at these bars and where I was not allowed to be. And, um, and then like I would do little festivals. I would go perform at like, uh, there was a school for kids with special needs and I would perform there every sort of regularly, like every so often. And that was always really fun and really rewarding because they got really, really into it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just like a mutually exciting experience, which was, Mm -hmm. it was kind of my first, my first time, like, getting to feel what it feels like to feed off of the energy of an audience. Yeah. You know, right. trying out new songs, getting better at playing and singing at the same time, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then ultimately I started, then I started um, getting a lot of gigs opening for, like, really well-known acts. Um, I started, I think, with Lisa Loeb, who was, like, yeah, one of my huge. heroes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I gotta inter- I got to ask real quickly. Where did you grow up? Um, I well, I was I grew up until I was fifteen. I lived in Northeast Philadelphia, and then we moved to a suburb about an hour north. Like when I was like right in the middle of my sophomore year. So for a shy kid, not so not so good. But you yeah. know, yeah, it, gotcha, gotcha. But that's when I really started. I started to like really dive deeply into songwriting because I really needed um, a place that yeah. and a thing that was own. And I really feel like songwriting is a place. It's, oh yeah, it's yeah really, totally go into inside your own cave, and with, if you're with other people, you're all in this cave together. And you know, right. if you've written a song, you know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's safe. That's a great way to describe it. It's it was, it's a safe place. So, all right. So, just to to ask another detailed question, then. So, when you say you get to open for Lisa Loeb, how does that happen? Oh, okay. Well, um, I okay. I should think of how this. I mean, I know how it happened, but I just think it was kind of weird. Um, it's all kind of weird. There's like nothing really too normal that you're going to hear no, about. Ex- that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but well, again, it's, mu- it's the music really... career. So that, and that's exactly the point. It, it yeah. re- very rarely so, is normal. Well, yeah, nobody's path is the same. So it's, you know, you can, yep. you can't judge anybody by their end result. Cause you don't know, <laughs> you know, where, how it's about. So it's, right. you know, you're going to pick like people to look up to role models. You got to have at least a few and mix it up. You're not going to be able to mimic someone else's path. Yeah, everybody does their own. So, so Lisa Loeb, um, I I knew that she was gonna she was playing a show sort of nearby. I was seventeen, I think, at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I was again super super shy. I at that point <laughs> I had only played these really tiny gigs that I told you about. The only person I had met, I think, that I looked up to that much up to that point had been Michelle Branch, and mm-hmm. she was another one of my absolute heroes and um but i was really shy so basically i found out lisa was playing a gig kind of you know nearby enough and i i wanted to i wanted to she was also about to play at Rutgers university which was also not too far away right so um so i really really wanted to open for her at Rutgers. i it I knew it was going to be a captive audience because it was an event on campus for like, oh, actually today is, is international women's day. And I think it was like, it was a, it was a women's day event, I think of some kind. Perfect. Um, Great. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. So I was researching, I'm a huge, huge researcher. Like if it can be Googled, I will find it. <laughs> nice. And Great. and now I've got Alexa and Siri. So it's like out of control. Um, <laughs> my info is, you know, my threshold for information has got to be like a lot, a lot higher now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I was Googling around and trying to just like find a connection to her with a manager or an agent or something. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon her brother's website. Okay. And so I believed in myself. My, my 
shyness wasn't a confidence issue. I guess on some level it was, but it wasn't like about rejection. It wasn't anything. It was just my nature, really. Yeah. Um, so, so I didn't have any, it, like through email, I could present myself, I could present my pitch, and I could, you know, for, I could start to build a relationship you know, a working relationship that way. I had no, I had no qualms about asking for what I wanted or, or asking a question to somebody I didn't know. Yeah, um, right, right. It was kind of tough. Um, so I found her brother's website. His name is Ben and he and I are still friends now. And he was, <laughs> that's so, a theme with you. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. That's um, a great thing. I don't take it lightly at all. Relationships are the, are the number one, they're your number one resource for everything. You're there for support, for information, for guidance, for and for just like what to look back and see where you've been and where you've gone from there. And just people who have seen you along the way, like it's just, and to grow up with somebody like up here in the industry is so cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So Ben is an amazing human being <laughs> and I, I emailed him. I'm sure I have this email somewhere printed out. I don't, I don't know where, but I'm sure I do. And we're somewhere in an old, old email address. And I basically said to him, you know, I'm a singer-songwriter, and I really, I, I would really love the opportunity to open for Lisa at Rutgers. And I know she's playing at Sellersville, you know, that was Sellersville Theater um, next week or whenever. And next thing I know, like, like without flinching he's writing me back and offering me and my family tickets to the sellersville show which was first and and meet and greet passes wow. which now i'm like almost gonna you know pass out or of throw course. Up. Right, right. <laughs> of course of course and, and not only that but he was letting her manager and tour manager know that i was coming and why and that i wanted that i was an artist and i wanted to um, open for her at the next gig. And he was very clear with me. He said, like, Lisa loves to support up and coming artists. So wow. I went and some, somewhere within me, like we were at the meet and greet and I don't know, something took over me kind of like the <laughs> sneaker store. Something <laughs> yes. just it kicked my shyness aside and it just, and somehow I like all of a sudden I was standing like right in front of Lisa. And I said, your brother, Ben, you know, I might have told you I was coming. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I would really love to open for you at Rutgers. <laughs> so I can put my finger on one other time that I can remember that sort of thing happening. But most of the time, especially at that point in my life, I mean, I had barely ever played a gig. You have to understand. Yeah, so right. I, but I didn't tell I didn't tell them that. Of I just made not. sure that I was going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the next few weeks, I was in touch with them back and forth. And it was like, no questions asked. They were already arranging for me to open for her. Wow. And uh, yeah. So my dad actually played guitar for me at that gig because I wasn't strong enough yet to play and sing, but I was doing all of my, all my original songs and stuff. And um, it was amazing. Um, It was such an amazing, just everything was so amazing. It was, I couldn't have, she couldn't have made me feel more welcome. And then I I ended up opening for her a bunch more times after that over mm-hmm. the next few years and um uh and then you know throughout that time I started opening for the Bangles I toured with them um and they were another group that I was like oh my god I want to be in the Bangles and I yes. was jumping jumping when I heard I was going to open for them oh man absolutely uh, and then I, I played with Joe Cocker um, I played with Robert Hazard one of his final gigs I don't know if you're familiar but yeah. he wrote Girls with Fun yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah little song by a kind of an unknown artist named Cindy Lauper I don't know if you've heard it <laughs> we've heard of her we're familiar yeah I mean probably if I sang it for you you'd know it you know? We, yeah. Might, yeah. <laughs> we might know we might, might be familiar might. with that song <laughs> so it was all this like stuff and then I started I also started traveling a lot um playing conferences and and schools actually I created um, um a bully prevention tour that was I played in elementary, middle, and high schools and colleges, and Brilliant. I just created this. Ultimately, it won an award on Capitol Hill. Um, and this was it was pretty. It was a long time before the bullying really became like you know, mm-hmm. forgive me, the hot and like what oh, everybody yeah. was. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just near and dear to me, and I also figured, well, this is a way for me to get into captive 
situations. The kids have right. to come. They have to, but you know, <laughs> right. it was they have to come to stay. And you know, if yeah. three people enjoyed what I was doing, then that was great for me. Exactly. But it really was so much fun. I mean, they could have been in algebra, but instead they went to the concert. So yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Everybody. And I was doing that a lot. And um, ultimately, <laughs> I ended up playing a show with Pat Benatar. And uh, that show led to four years on tour with her. Wow. And then, so opening for, yeah, her and and another, opening for her and singing on, like, backup with her? I was singing. Yeah, I did sing backup with her a few times. The first time was because we, ha- we were having, like, an emergency with the board and she needed like you know the extra you know the, just yeah. the extra harmonies yep. um and she I was standing this was when i had i don't think i had had a full conversation with her yet i was again very shy and <laughs> trying just to like stay out of the way this was my first time all i ever wanted to do was live on a tour bus i had been drawing pictures of tour buses i think almost every day since i was about 13 <laughs> like seriously Beautiful. seriously yeah, yeah. Um, you know, law of attraction. Will be yeah. Yeah. attraction, baby. Amen. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so I was on tour by myself. I didn't, I only went to college for a little bit and I commuted. So this was my first time, my first time away from home on my own yeah. for like an extended period of time was on a tour bus living with 12 men. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it was wow. like, sometimes it was like a moving frat house, but I was always safe. You know, yeah, I yeah. was always so taken care of and mm-hmm. so respected and just so it was like it was kind of like having 12 older like, like older brothers and uncles it was just yeah. so it couldn't have been better oh they that's, were, that, that's great the first night i was a little bit sad at the hotel because i was like lonely and then and then the next day when we actually went on tour and we were off i was the best ever in my life i mean wow. just it a, oh, I can't! I just can't say enough about that whole experience. Yeah. Um, and then another. Ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> um, sort of later on into the years of touring with Pat. Um, so I had at some point in this, I had I had switched from living on the crew bus to living on her bus okay. um, with her and just her family and our tour manager. Oh my and God. so she and I used to Pat and I used to, used to sit up. Um, really late, like till 3 a.m. in the front lounge of the bus, and everyone else was asleep, and we'd be sitting up talking and watching HGTV and stuff, and you know, just talking. And one night I said to her, You know, I just, I love, I do love performing, but I don't need to perform. Like, it's not like oxygen to me. And yeah. it, there are times when you have such a great show and it's such a great crowd. And you sell like 400 CDs like night after night. And that's so like fulfilling in ways that nothing else could fulfill you. Like just the yeah. playing and the that energy and stuff. Right. But it wasn't, if I never did it again, I'd miss it, but I wouldn't be broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so, so I just kind of said this, to, I did, I said this to her and I said, yeah. you know, I really just want to write for other people and I want to work on the business side. And then Pat said, well, why don't you, why don't I move you out to LA and you, and I'll help you pursue that path. And, you know, you can continue to open for, you know, for a little while until you get kind of on your feet doing that. Yes, that happened. Oh, wow. (laughs) You just made, so Pat, full disclosure, Pat Benatar was my first concert ever. Really? And where? In in Portland at the uh, Civic Center. Civic Center. And I was sixteen oh God, years. I was sixteen that? years old, um, mm-hmm. and I think a band. I'm trying to think of the band that opened for her. I think it was Berlin. I think was what? the name of the band that opened for her. Berlin. Um, yeah. So it, I'm dating mm-hmm. myself big time. This is before you, well before you were playing with her. Um, <laughs> but so to know that she would be the kind of person who would do something like that just makes you know. It just makes that first experience of being completely, just completely uh, like fanboy. Oh yeah, her. totally. It makes and, it even better retro retroactively. And and Neil is like well, um, arguably one of our favorite guitar players. Yeah, no question. Hands one of our down. Favorite guitar players. Yeah. Well, and so and so basically, when I when they moved me out to LA, I was not. I was living with their daughter, um, Haley, their older yeah. daughter, who was 
uh, just a year and a half older than me. We became best, best friends when we lived together for a while. Um, But really, but I spent all of my days and, you know, like just with Pat and Spider, Neil, um, and they became, they became like a second family and Pat still to this day refers to herself as my other mother. Wow. That's so and, um, cool. I talk to her. I talk to her almost every day in some way, <laughs> either text or talk. You know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and Spider, you know, so I just so amazing these people. And um, I actually worked as their personal assistant when I, um, you know, when I first moved out there, sure. and so I was doing that. But if I then, so I got to help her write her autobiography, which is. If you ha- if you don't have it, you should read it. Okay, we'll do. It's called Between a Heart and a Rock. And a Rock Place, yeah. And got to meet Oprah doing that. Oh <laughs> so that's God. pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I almost needed to start a completely new bucket list after working with her. But <laughs> right, right, <laughs> not exactly. But, but I had to add a few things. But <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, so you're out there, so you're writing songs. And making connections, I'm assuming. Right, always. And, you know, not really even knowing that you're doing through that. her because, I mean, definitely through Pat and Spider, but, you know, if I, but I was just really just working it. I got out there and I was just there to, to do what I came to do. And mm-hmm. what I was there to do wasn't to be her assistant. And right. she knew that every right. time I, a, a session or meeting, any kind of an opportunity at all came up, I would be like, Hey, can I go do this in the morning? She was like, go do that. It's more important than like, no matter what we wow. had to do, wow. and no matter how urgent like her life was at that minute, whatever came up in whatever opportunity or potential opportunity came yeah. up for me was always more, quote unquote, more important is what she always said. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I was making connections. I was taking meetings. I was Googling the heck out of everything, just like I always had and still do. Um, and so, you know, at that point, I think I met one of uh, one of my uh, producer producer songwriters that is one of my favorite collaborators ever. Still, mm-hmm. we met like the first week that I moved there through MySpace. <laughs> oh my god, oh, yes. MySpace! Yeah. Remember, my MySpace was like this thing. If you don't remember, it's like kind of like Facebook and kind of like Instagram, but it was like, um, it was like boring. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It, it it was like a flash in the pan sort of thing, really big for a second, but you know. Yeah, so well, it was a good. Ste- it was a good stepping stone to fa- to Facebook. It was it was awesome, and they they actually had a really, I think musicians, like and songwriters used it for a little bit longer than mm-hmm. other people just doing the regular accounts because it really was people started I myself included like we started like to skip the website thing for a little while and just yes. have a MySpace and that was acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yep. You could have everything there. But yep. then I knew a guy who made a full time living pimping out people's MySpace pages. <laughs> because it, the, co- yeah. the code was really weird. So yeah. it was a thing. Oh. Yeah, it was really weird and I had it. Oh my God! You just made me wow! Whoa! That was a real flashback. Thanks for that. <laughs> hey, no problem. Yeah, I know I had the code, and I, I, I only did it for myself. I think maybe I did it for a couple of friends, but it was so. Yeah, I totally remember that. Oh my God! So yeah. weird. Oh my God! I totally forgot about that. Wow. Well, glad, <laughs> glad we could help. <laughs> yeah, my face was. I mean, seriously, my face was pretty cool. It was yeah. cool. Uh, at the time. Absolutely. Like you could like have a theme song and that was great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Exactly. So yeah, um, so I met. I ended up actually meeting a lot of cool people, other artists, and of them just people through MySpace. Like who ended up being who I ended up meeting with, and not by myself though, because you never. For all the kids listening to this, you never go anywhere to meet a stranger alone. Ever. Exactly. I mean, I was just, have to be safe. Seriously, like you have to like in this business and any unfortunately at all times really but yep. especially but you know just speaking about this business you really have to have your like every kind of brain going at the same time like yep. you're you have to of what could happen and be a little bit we have to be on alert even if it's somebody that you think you know already yeah it's still not a safe thing to go by yourself well and it's 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 amazing to hear somebody in your position of success and position of power but who's a really successful woman say that is really nice. We're going to refer back to this all the time. Yeah. 
So the, this is great to hear you say. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. You guys are awesome. This is so fun. Um, I mean, it's just really is important. You have to have your business brain on and not, even yeah. though it's a very, it's an, it's a very strange business because you're talking about the music business and mm, a yep. lot of people forget the second part of that phrase, yeah, which they is do. business. Of course. Yep. And they just, and the other thing is that like, well, it's not really, it's not really separate. It goes with that, but like, you know, it's a weird, weird thing because in order to be successful at anything you do in this business, whether it's totally the art side or totally the business side there's really no such thing because you have to in this day and age you have to know a little bit enough about every side of everything you have to know what a person's job is so that first of all so that you know like as you're building your team you know what roles you need to add onto your team and then so you can decide who is like if a million people are in a room and they all say they're managers well which ones are good managers which ones are legit and then and then out of those people the ones that are legit who's the right match for you which takes some trial and error a lot of times but that's not just for managers it's good for everything you have to always be thinking you know you have to think with your heart and your head and especially your gut yeah your gut's the most important absolutely your gut even if you get wrapped up in something, your gut will still be screaming. It's your job to listen. It will never, it won't fail you. Lindsay, I swear to and God, my, it, you, you're making it sound like we paid you to say the things that you're saying because this is the exact stuff, stuff we talk we about on all the hot well, tests. We're like, here's the thing. Then I'll be waiting for my check then. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually, just actually, no. Send us I the address. We'll get, we'll get it. <laughs> we can just vend now. Okay, right, 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 right. We got it. We can, in fact, you can just do it right now. So exactly. exactly. Wait. She'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, Seriously, like I'm such like when I work with private clients, whether I'm working with my private clients who I like coach, um, you know, through their emerging careers, mm-hmm. or I'm working with one of my acts, one of my artists on America's Got Talent or American Idol, and just really in general, like I've been very, very, very blessed not to have had anything very, very notable to report as far as. Um, any sort of disrespect, mm-hmm. you know, in business. And I, I'm sure you guys know what I'm uh, you know, know getting exactly at. But, yes, absolutely. But even, but even minorly, like I've, I have been so blessed to overall meet just incredible people and really incredible people because they're awesome people who happen to just who happen to have the job they have, who are passionate people and they're wonderful people and they're people who the people in my life are the majority of them on a regular basis are people from my work life, but they, but they get incorporated into my real, my yeah. other, my personal life too, because they're just my people, you know, we're each other's tribes, you know? Yeah. Your music. Yes. You know? And so I've been, I can't like, there's nothing you can do really other than connecting yourself with people like that. When you find one, try to meet more people through them, try to make them a part of your of your journey if they'll, you know, if they'll tag along and there's a better chance that you'll obviously be meeting more genuine people and um, nobody's going to do anything for free, but if you know your value too, yes. you know, yes. and what you bring to the table, they'll know or they'll at least be able to put their finger on the fact that you've got something of value and it's good to keep you around. So yeah. like, you know, yeah, especially right. if- well, let me, let me ask you something. Uh, uh, let me ask you something about that. And you may not be able to answer this question, but, but I'm curious about what your response will be. So you said that you've been okay. very fortunate to not mm-hmm. come across um, any of the worst of what a lot of people come across. And, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, given what you said previously about using your head, your heart, and your gut, how much do you think that that, that has influenced the people that you have allowed to have that time with you? So in other words... Do you think that it's mm-hmm. that it's just fortunate, or do you think that that by learning how to use your head and your heart and trust your instincts, trust that gut feeling, mm-hmm. that you've been able to avoid the people that might be abusive in many many ways yeah. and gravitate Definitely. towards the people who aren't? Absolutely, you know, in part, in large part, absolutely. You know, when people wind up in very unfortunate situations which you're hearing a lot about these right, days. Right, yeah. It's it's not 
it's not I. It's not the fault of the victim. Never, the victim never, never, the victim. never, oh never. God. That's not yes, at all what no, I was trying very, to say. Very good point. That can happen to anyone. Yes. But, I mean, at, at any time, you could you could be walking, you know, from your – you could be walking out of the mall to your car and right. unfortunately right. have something happen. It's a yes. crazy world. And, yes. But the victim is the victim. Yes. Is the victim. Is, yes. You know? But, but that said, to answer – you know, to your point, the only mistakes I can really recall making that like that have really stuck with me and have really like hurt my hurt my soul are the yeah. ones where I my gut was saying one thing and I didn't listen and I did the other thing. That's the only time. But um, yep. you know, I'm not saying I, I'm right about everything or wrong when no, I yes. don't. But that is your best bet is is what you already have with you your gut is always with you and you know whether it's from previous experiences you've had or stories you've heard or things you've been taught mentors you've had like i collect mentors like stamps you know (laughs) if somebody is mentor worthy in some area to me like i that's the kind of person i want to be around and but like i I've been, I mean, like, I count Pat Benatar and Desmond Child and others right. to be mentors, like, in my life. And that's, like, these are people who treat me like I'm their daughter. And, yeah, like, so that's, awesome. you know, when yeah. you're young, you want people like that. There are also plenty of younger people who are awesome. And another a piece of advice that I was given, it's not the best piece of advice, one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever been given by uh, my friend Michelle Lewis who is, um, she's a songwriter and yeah. she, and do you know of her? She started, uh, Sona mm-hmm. songwriters of North America was very instrumental in passing the music modernization act. Yes, um, absolutely. She's, a, she's awesome. So, um, I've known her since I moved to LA and one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten was when she told me people like to work with their friends yeah. and in any, in any, you know, whether it's songwriting, whether it's, you know, doing another project, whatever it is, yeah. people like to work with their friends. And it, it proves itself to be true over and over and over constantly to me. And so I think if you're starting these relationships, you can be hungry. You need to be hungry. You need to be famished for what you want. <laughs> but you have to kind of keep it a secret. Like, don't let anybody hear your stomach growl kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love so, that analogy. Yeah, that's great. I love that analogy. <laughs> I've never used that one. I love that. It. It's great. Part. It's yours. All right. You can well, have it. Um, we'll, we'll quote you. We'll but, quote you, you on know, it at least the first three times we say it. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, so if you're looking for people, if you're trying to, if you're really first and foremost trying to surround yourself with people who happen to be in the business that or around the business that you want to be in or that you are starting to grow up in, mm-hmm. you know, you have to gear, you have to first and foremost look for your people, you know, that's yeah. a gut thing. Yeah. That's yep. not how people look for what they say. Talk is cheap, you know? Yeah, right. Um, and the proof is in the pudding yep. and all yep. these other, I'm a, I'm a walking fortune cookie. And <laughs> I love it. We'll, we'll add some. Well, you Show know, me, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. If you already, I'll just be honest about it. I'm just going to be really upfront. I'm a fortune cookie. That's good. I like that. Well, there are metaphors that work. That's why you do it. It's just a really, really effective way to, um, it's a very efficient way, I should say, to, uh, like, of finding your people if that's who you're looking for, you know? Be aware that they are jerks and be aware that there are good people who aren't your people. Right. But be aware that your people do exist. They exist. They're out there. It's just you have to be looking for them, and you have to be open to them finding you too. You just have to vibe it out, and and see how you feel, really feel, and it and it kind of, you know, that fire inside of you has to always be burning. But they, but you have to, you have to just, you have to follow your gut and your brain. In this business, you're every you're always being forced to combine your your heart. Like for your art, right? Yep. And then your brain, and your brain, and it's like 
you have to think logically, but also with your heart, always at the same time. And it's it's crazy because especially if you're really fully on the art side, even though, I, like I said, you have to know about the business side yeah, right. to protect yourself to know what your options are, all kinds yeah. of things. Right. Um, well, and understand that everybody else's motivation is not about your art. It it there is exactly. you know they're trying it's to make money. Fair. This is it's a business. And, yeah. But, Everybody is ultimately in it for themselves, but it doesn't mean they won't. You, it doesn't mean you can't find awesome people who exactly. are your people who will just care about you. Exactly. But first, it's important to just feel things out and always throughout your life and throughout your career, you know, don't sign something if it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And don't be afraid to negotiate and don't be afraid to ask questions, especially. I mean, that's yeah. just, there's no harm in that. And if there is harm in that, you don't want to work with that person anyway. If you can't ask a simple question, these aren't your people. And yeah. it's not um, going to be the last person that's interested. Right. No. You don't have to feel desperate because opportunities are made, in, right. first of all. And yeah. there's so many people out there, and you find your people, and when your people collide with your goals and your intentions, that's magic, first of all. Right. And that's that's where you start to build your your life, you know, yeah. your career. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a hard thing to, to remind young artists. We, you know, we tell them that mm-hmm. they have to be hungry, that they have to be famished. And then yeah. you have to remind them that the first person that offers you some food, you know, that food might <laughs> not do it for you. Exactly. <laughs> you might be have to look at the person behind them. Fail. Yeah. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Uh-huh. I really want to talk to you a little bit about the job that you have now and, you know, mm-hmm. how that came to be and, and what it feels, you know, what it, what it entails. You know, what, how, what's your description? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, of so it? let's start. What's your official title today? Okay, so my official title, which job are you referring to? <laughs> that, that's great. So one, we know one of them is songwriter. Yes. Um, we know that you do, you're a career, that you are a career coach. Yeah. And we also know that you work in television for, it's America's Got Talent now, right? Yes, or American and American Idol. Idol. And American, American Idol. Idol. Yeah. And so in your capacity on those shows, on the, on the television shows, America's Got Talent and American Idol, what, what is your job description? Okay, so on American Idol and America's Got Talent, I am a talent producer. On America's Got Talent, I am a talent producer strictly on the music team because, you know, AGT sure. has all the categories. So, um, you know, we have specialists for every category. Right. Um, so that's what I do. I'm one of a team of three. And then we have a giant overall team, so everyone is great. Right. Um, we all, you know, we it's a great place to, um, you know, lend your skills mm-hmm. and what and your knowledge, and then have others lend it lend theirs to you. And it's like it's really cool to work on a huge team like that because there's a person for every job, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then on Idol, it's awesome because <laughs> we have we're only music, obviously. Yeah. Right, um, right. and we have. We have a team of about 10 to begin with who do like similar jobs to mine. Um, and then we have a giant production team too. So, um, so the job description, so my job titles are a talent producer on both Phenomenal. shows. Okay. Phenomenal. And, you know, um, what I basically, what I do to put it very generally is mm-hmm. I find talent, I develop talent, and sometimes I create talent from scratch, you know, it's not, it's more finding the talent and developing, which is my favorite part. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I, I did put a girl group together a couple of seasons ago. So the epiphany came true. Uh, yes, exactly. Your yes. sneaker story. And you totally worked. It totally, the sneaker story, pointillism is where it's at, people. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't skip art class. That's right. Oh, um, man, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you yeah. get sidetracked in your brain, maybe go with it, follow right. it, yeah. and, and then come back. Don't go too far, but, you know, listen yeah. to what, what your gut has to say to you. What, so um, what was the girl group? So I can, I just want to be able to go listen to what they ended up doing. Um, well, it, it was called Miracle Mile. Okay. And it was actually an acapella girl group. Nice. But I was very, very very clear that it was not a female acapella group. It was an acapella girl group. Like the nickname for it was acapella spice, basically. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Specifically, specifically when I had that thought, I'm going to, I'm going to have my own girl group. I, it was the actual thought was I'm going to have my own spice girls. Oh man. Um, and the spice girls still are 
some of my biggest, I mean, I don't know what you'd call them really, like motivation, inspiration, just, I don't, it's kind of a mix of a lot of things. They just, you know, they've yeah. been with me in my, I was about 11 years old, 10 years old, and I just, I could watch Spice, Spice World still and do every line perfectly. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I, and I still watch it and I'm mesmerized by it. Like the first time I just, they're just, I think they really empowered me, yeah. which is so like, no, I can see that. which is so kind of like, you know, girl power, but it was just, just kind of inspired me and showed me mm-hmm. that you can really have what you want. You really can yeah. have it. It's not somebody else's. It's not always somebody else's thing. It's not always so far away. It can actually be yours in your life. It can belong to you in your way. Love and it. yeah. Love it. It's it's almost it's almost like like they were saying to you, tell me what you want. Like what, what you, you really what you really, really want. want. You know. Exactly. <laughs> that is I, that is that's I, wow. I, well, and I love that you were in art class when you had that yeah, epiphany and not in math class. Right. Not math class. Oh, no, not there's anything class. wrong with math class. No, in just... math class, I had to, no doubt I was like counting ceiling tiles in math class, but I did really have to focus there because math is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. Algebra, I'm good at algebra too, actually. I don't know if I still am, but that was like my thing. That was I can't do math, but I can algebra too, and I can't dance, but I can tap dance. So oh, I don't know. Oh. Maybe there's. I don't know. Perfect. And I can apparently salt. I was recently informed that I am a good salsa dancer, but everyone uh, that was on New Year's and the people telling me that were a little bit intoxicated. So I'm not <laughs> sure. That, well, you know, I'm not really going with that confidence. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. hold out judgment and we're pulling for you. Yeah. Because I think salsa no dancing Thank awesome. you. I mean, I would, I, I would love it if it were true. Yes. Because um, it's. You know, I think it's just, let's just really let's cool. just let's we just have, agree that it's true. We have no evidence to the contrary, right. so, so I'm going to go agree with that's true. true. Yeah, I won't show you the videos that someone <laughs> got on the phone. The evidence to the contrary. So, we, <laughs> you we believe you. We take you your <laughs> word. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's great. I, I I love that. So in doing research for this, one of the things that I did was mm-hmm. I I stalked your Instagram page. Um, full disclosure. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have this really great great quote about superpower oh what's, yeah what's your superpower and it's funny because it's something that adam and i talk about all the time what it inspired me to ask you was what's your superpower okay so you're asking me that now? i am yeah i'm asking you that right <laughs> now right. Lindsay. okay you're asking me that now. And i'm guessing it. it's not salsa okay. dancing what is your superpower it may end up being your salsa dancing but right now it's not yeah, you, so... never know. you never know no you never know my power uh okay let me just think about this because maybe it is my ability to to follow my gut. Yeah. I, no, I I think I think what my I think that's my like my secret weapon. But I also yeah. think that just because you know everyone's gut is everyone's intuition is, is unique to them. Mm-hmm. Right. You should have to know it's there and know mm-hmm. that you can tr- learn to trust it. And everybody's got that super yeah. you know that secret weapon. But my my superpower I think is is my ability to do things that I don't know how to do. Nice. And what I mean by that is in throughout my career, everything has been, you know, I think this is how it goes pretty much for anybody. Like Almost everything has been a trial and error experience. Like you throw something at the wall and you see if it sticks. Right. And if it does, then you know that, you, that that's, some, that's a new skill you've got. My ability to do things that I don't know how to do. So meaning like I can, I can confidently or fake it till you make it confidently, um, (laughs) go into new working environments and things or go or tackle a task that I've never had to tackle before. Um, and do it with the confidence of somebody who knows how to do it kind of convinced that I do know how to do it. I just didn't know I knew how to do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Which is a real thing. I mean, so many things. Like, how many times we find out, hey, I'm real. I'm actually kind of good at this. Who knew? Like, right, yeah. right. So, is what you're saying that when you pair your secret weapon, your gut, with your intuition, that you are most likely going to put yourself in a position where you're going to have a bigger chance to succeed. Yeah. yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, until I prove myself wrong, then I believe that I can. Perfect. And, 
there are things I've learned that no, I can't, but you know, or no, I can't yet. That's a big thing because there are some things like there are things that you just, that you try and they don't go so well and you need practice or it's not time to do that yet, you know? Um, and the more you, the, the, the further you go and the more obsessed with your career that you get and you really have to have an obsession with it honestly it doesn't mean that you can't have a personal life because that's really important too Mm -hmm. but you have to be some level of obsessed in order to to grind like you have to grind to make it in any aspect of this this world um but yeah i think until i'm proven wrong i just go in and i believe i can why not why like why me why not me that that kind of thing love it i love that i love it and there's actually, I don't think there's a better place to, to wrap this interview than with that, <laughs> that because that's the perfect. most empowering thing that you could say, I think, to the cool. to our listeners is to remind them oh. that you can do it. You just gotta, yeah, you, you gotta believe in yourself. That is so great. Thanks so much for your time today. And uh, oh my god, thank you guys. And we look forward to catching up again soon. Absolutely, you too. Absolutely, thank thanks, you. Lizzie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> that was fantastic. Man. What an inspiration. Oh, yeah, man. Right? It, it, I mean, just a, a, a tremendous story and example of success. Yeah. No, absolutely. In this industry, in a it's, way and, that is and, hard and, to describe. And trusting herself from forever. Well, I love that you brought that up because that, that part of it is, was so significant. Yeah. And so blatant. Right, that from the earliest age she, re- you know, she's shy and all of that stuff, and sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let her sister take the spotlight. Right, but right. she's in art class, and she goes, you know yeah. what? This is what I'm going to do. Well, she's seven, and she writes a song, and her cousin's coming over, and she goes, "Oh, I need to write her a verse too." Exactly, right? <laughs> which is just amazing. And then some of the other things that, again, it really did sound like we accused her to talk to about play. these things. Hey, that talk we've about been all these things that we really want people to hear. And what I love about that is it, it really just you know, hammers home that truth is truth. Right. And that when we're talking about something, you talk to these people in the industry. Yeah. And there are common themes. There are common themes you and know, there so, are consistencies and, and. Right. So like hey, having multiple ro- revenue streams. Totally. Right. Knowing but, that. I like the way she described about how hungry you have to be. Right. That you have to, you can't you just be, be hungry. Famished. You got to be famished. But then she added, but don't let them hear your stomach growl. Exactly. Right. Right. So well, don't let them know. And don't, take that first meal that somebody offers you because yeah. just know, because you're hungry just because you're hungry because you don't know what's in yeah. there well yeah. and also along with that that the, her as a woman in the industry who's yes had a good past and it has been safe mm-hmm. hearing her talk about how important how is. important safety is you know it's certainly for you don't men go to a women. meeting with it by yourself but but you know it's a predatory industry on, absolutely uh, don't go to so. a meeting by yourself yeah right yeah exactly and, and you know the trust your gut yeah you know, that that's so, the gut check. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, so, Donald Passman talked about that in, in, uh, in Everything You Gotta Know About the Music Industry. Exactly, and how important that is. And how that will help you find what your lane is. Yeah. yeah. And that that's where the success yeah. is. No, exactly. Right? Just, exactly. wow, what an amazing, I can't wait to talk to her again. Oh, man, me too. <laughs> me too, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So remember, you guys, listen to this. Be positive. Yeah, it's out there for you. It's out there for you. Remember, you got this. We got your back.